panic time? This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. And Sneak, what a wild and fun week one we just had. Yeah, super fun, super wild. A lot of interesting outcomes to the matchups. A lot of a couple key injuries out there, but. Man, I can't believe week one is done and gone, and we're already getting read 48 hours away from week two, man. But that's fantasy football, and we're here to discuss it all. So happy it's back. Uh, You mentioned the injuries just now. Let's go ahead and talk about those. Sad to see, like hate it, but we saw it last year, too. There was a bunch of injuries kind of early on uh, with a lot of bigger names. So these guys that got hurt and are out for a few weeks aren't the top, top tier players but they were people that we were excited for so let's start with someone who looked really really good with two carries but Raheem Mostert's out till what like week nine at the least might be Dunzo like in general just because of his age and and what's going to happen with the Niners yeah I, I would kind of almost lean towards the Dunzo for the year uh, way of thinking. He was like two for 10 opening drive, like average five yards of carry or two for 20 or whatever with 10 yards. Of carry. He was, he was looking good per usual, but again, hurt like he has been. So most of owners uh, in dynasty and then out there definitely are struggling on that one. Jerry Judy, better news than we thought. Cause we thought that thing was broken, but oh, it looked brutal. High ankle sprain out for at least six weeks, it sounds like. Big blow after he was just killing. And I'm sad to say, I'm still a fan. I don't have have very many Jerry Judy shares across my teams, but big blow to a guy who looked like he was ready to have a breakout. He was playing really, really good. Looked a lot better than last year. Quick off the ball, uh, just getting open, almost seemed at will. And Teddy Two Gloves was feeding him. Uh, but that injury did look brutal, but even a six week, you're probably, I mean, in dynasty he's sitting on Brandon's bench anyway. So no real impact there. I don't think, I mean, Brandon was maybe going to consider playing him on bye weeks And if he had an injury to some of his bigger guys, but again, if you had him in a redraft, uh, I have him in a league, uh, just brutal to, uh, see him go down like that after what it looked like he was going to probably be a, a target and a catch monster going forward. So, but again, only, Hopefully six weeks, maybe he can get closer to that four to five, depending on recovery. But again, not a top tier receiver, but someone who was definitely going to be doing some good work for, for anyone who hasn't. And maybe Brandon would have looked for a possible trade partner after the week he had. But again, now with the injury, that's probably not going to happen. I like what you brought up, though. It's dynasty and redraft outlooks on Jerry Judy are very different. Obviously, for dynasty, you get to hold him throughout the next coming season. So I think you're more excited just for his return next year after another off season to kind of get right this season, even after those six weeks, you know, you would expect kind of a slow comeback, maybe even a couple weeks tacked on to the back yeah. end. Just to be careful, depending on what the Broncos are, are looking like in the standings in a tough division. So, you know, might be a wash. I know I have him in one redraft as well. And, it's just kind of hold and wait and see and thankful for IR spots. That's for sure. For sure. And one that's like one last injury. That's kind of, I don't think people were counting on this player necessarily for fantasy, but 
Ryan Fitzpatrick had a had a hip thing, subluxation, whatever that means. Mm. I mean, I know what it means, but we're we're a family show. Um, <laughs> he he was kind of the linchpin for the argument of the Washington football team being a upgraded offense this year over the likes of Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins. We're back to Taylor Heineke, who was pretty good in their playoff game, I would say, uh, last season, but kind of brings down the expectations for a Terry McLaurin, for Diami Brown slash Curtis Samuel, if Curtis Samuel ever comes back. Miss you, Curtis. But uh, Logan Thomas is probably, like, gets a bump just because of the, you know, short-range kind of mid-range targets that he would get. Um, but just kind of rough to see uh, for guys that people are excited about, even Antonio Gibson, sorry, even Antonio Gibson, who shouldn't see any like decreased workload or anything. Uh, we would expect that that offense moves a little bit less efficiency, less kind of touchdown opportunities. So bit of a ding there. I think he'll still be fine, but just hate to see it. And another guy that might be done in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I don't know if I see much of, of a difference between Heineke and Fitzpatrick. Uh, I know people were excited for Fitzpatrick being like a gunslinger, go out there and, and help all those receivers. But I see Heineke as just kind of being the same, the same way. I don't, there's no, there's not going to be any effect on Gibson in my mind. Uh, offense will probably still run through him. I think he got 20 some carries. I expect that to continue all year. Uh, and it might almost be better with Heineke in there because uh, he's a little bit younger uh, you know, wanting to prove himself. And he just seems like he's the same type of quarterback as, as Fitz, where he's just going to go out there and he's going to try to make plays happen. So uh, I don't see that injury as being as much of an impact on the rest, rest of the offensive players. I mean, not like anyone's going to be playing Heineke most likely in our league or any redrafts out there, but I think all the uh, additional offensive players really don't take a hit, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree really. I just, I think there was, kind of out there, maybe not just not you and I, but people were liking the potential of like a high octane thing with Fitzpatrick, like he did with the Buccaneers a few years ago, a little bit with the Dolphins. There's just been flashes of excitement that people were kind of holding on to. But maybe I was thinking about it just now. Maybe we finally get that Cam Newton, Ron Rivera reunion since they're kind of in need of a quarterback now. I thought about that when we saw that injury. I was talking with uh, Gooch about that, but I don't know if that's going to – If that, I guess if it doesn't happen, you can almost be like, well, Cam Newton's probably career is done or it's going to be a next-year deal because in glaring need of a quarterback, if they don't go out and at least work him out, bring him in, then Cam Newton days are probably over. Probably. Well, that was some injury talk. Let's hope we don't have to do that very – much more uh, throughout the season. Before we do anything else, though, let's have a nonsense minute. We don't want to spoil your appetite for football, so we'll, we'll throw in a little bit of a break here. So, Schneek, it's the middle of September. Scummer is sadly over uh, in more than one way, I think. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about how you prep for fall. And this might be kind of like a, a rehash of a similar type of question we've done in the past, but what's just the, what's the harbinger? What's the signifier? What's the good omens about fall that you get most excited for each year besides football? 
Football ushers in, uh, you know, when you start to, you know, go outside and the leaves start to change, the temperature starts to drop, you start to get into more crock pot meals. That'll usher in some fall for me. Uh, you know, maybe as you get down the line, uh, you start to switch from the beer drinking days of summer to the whiskey, scotch, and bourbon days of fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say those are probably it. It's, it's going to, it, you know, Suffers by Sneak, Sneak Sweets. Uh, maybe we'll have to add another uh, division to that umbrella uh, company corporation. But I would say it starts with uh, the ushering in of football, just kind of socking into the couch on Sundays. Uh, it starts to get darker a little bit earlier, and you start to really get into those savory meals and drinks start to cozy in uh, for the next four months. Love that. Here's my thing. And, and the reason I brought up this question is just because I wanted to tell this story. But I walked into Trader Joe's the other day. And they have like a big fall display and they have pumpkins. And then it just got me in the mood. I was ready. So I bought a bunch of pumpkin cookies, bought a bunch of orange Oreos, you know, Halloween. Hello. And I pretended that it was cold one night and I threw on a little little hoodie at home. Way too hot for it, but I'm going to force it. And then, of course, this weekend, I am pulling out some fall decorations. Let's go. Let's bring in the season. And, of course, football is the ultimate notifier that we're in fall and the fun season that that is. I love that. Just uh, sweating through the hoodie. Just like, come on, cold weather. (laughs) All right, Shanik, let us get into the power ranks. And I want to spend a little more time on that this week just because – uh, we have a bunch of shakeups, and I think we have maybe learned some things from week one about the teams in our league. Maybe we're overreacting a little bit, but that's what week one is for, is for us to either validate the things we thought in the offseason or completely crush our hopes and our dreams about what we knew about football, right? I think, yes, I agree. I think, there, I think after week one, we have the most validation to overreact to power ranking switch up because – you know, after week two, if it kind of starts to correct itself, be like, okay. But after week one, with the way we saw some of these matchups go down and some of the players lose and some of the teams winning, we would be remiss if we didn't really shake up these power ranks. Be like, okay, week one, a lot of outliers, you know, a lot, not a lot of prescriptive things that you're going to see throughout the year. So I think now would be the time for us to say, we're just flipping these power rankings on its head for the most part. And then after week two, week three, if it starts to correct itself and get back to what we expect, then so be it. We will correct ourselves. But now is the time to where we can really have some fun with it. And we, I think we just have to be honest with it. There was a lot of teams that lost that shouldn't have lost. Good word, prescriptive. There I go again. Right. Let's get into these rankings, as always, from bottom to top. Number 12, sneak. Sorry. Number 11, big T. Number 10, Wade, number nine, Chase, big fall from last week. Number eight, Doug, big rise from last week. Number seven is Hesse. Number six is Matt, a little bit of a fall, but hanging in that top six. Number five is Jim. Number four is Ben. Number three, Eric. Number two, Brandon. And number one, hanging on by the just the slimmest of margins is scum. The skin of your teeth staying up there at number one. Woo. Woo. Probably not yeah. long for that spot, but for let's, sure. 
let's talk about some of the the big risers and fallers. So Chase and Matt both were in our our playoff top six grouping. Both fell four spots in our ranks this week after tough losses, and not just like oh they played an abnormally you know high score from one of the other teams uh, that maybe kind of happened. We'll talk about those teams, but they also really underwhelmed with their scores. So I think yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Really underwhelmed with the scores. Gooch with one twenty one and Matt with one twenty two. Uh, they were beat respectively by Wade by 20 and by Ben by 40, almost 38. So, I mean, fairly healthy win margins on Wade's uh, team and Ben's team. Uh, a lot of, I don't know what you could attribute it to just week one, like we were saying nonsense. It just was a little bit of a shock. Honestly, I'm almost, I'm almost speechless of it because of some of the games that were still had and some of the, the, some of the points that were put up just uh, I don't really know what to, what to make of it. And that is why we have the rankings the way they were. Uh, yeah. Like we can just start off if we, I don't know how much of a recap of the matchup, but Gooch loses to Wade and Wade gets a combined 0.85 points from his running backs. Doesn't even score one total point from Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle. Obviously he gets 35 from Tyree kill a, kind of a down game. Josh Allen at 21. So uh, that is a weird way to lose. Sorry, Gooch. (laughs) His team performed pretty decently. 17 from Herbert against a tough Washington defense. You know, his receivers did what we thought they were going to do, double digits. Maybe he was expecting more from Antonio or from A.J. Brown. But Ben over here with a huge Tom Brady game on Thursday. And here I am eating my words. Miles Sanders with a 20 spot with – Kind of a weird type game. No, he's probably not going to get a lot of scores, but if that's the type of production he puts up, he's going to get 20 every week. Uh, his receivers came out. I mean, even his tight end, Cole Komet, getting almost eight points seemed just like that's probably – is that going to be his his ceiling? And if that's his other team is going to do, then that's all he needs. You know, Ben put up 160. That's a big score. So, yeah, they lost and they should have won. I mean, we were go, we were hammering these teams last week in the rankings saying, you know, they don't really have anything in their team to call home about. They don't really seem to matter too much about the waivers. They're not really too active in trades. And here we are after week one. We can only hope and pray, at least on their side, that that's, a, again, it's an outlier of what has happened and they're gonna, their teams are going to get back to normal. But I don't know, Scum, what do you think? I think that the reason that they're ranked this way this week uh, is one because of the results, but, but, but let's stick with Chase and Matt first, because I think we would both expect that their teams bounce back. I fully expect that as well. I'm not saying like this is indicative of what the next week is going to be, but week one, uh, you were just like, you're, you're, they're probably hoping for that win going against teams that just aren't nearly as good. And they lost by 20 and, 40. <laughs> Let's looking at Chase's team. His issue this week specifically was that he got nothing out of his running backs. And you said the same thing about Wade. They got less than one point. Chase's guys at least scored, you know, four, five points. The problem is that's where the strength of his team is supposed to be. That's something that we said. He kind of mentioned it the other day. But Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley each scoring less than six points. Uh, not good. 
I would have faith in the Packers to kind of bounce back after they just got blown out. So yeah. Aaron Jones should be fine. Yeah. Saquon kind of scares me. Uh, I know he was on a bit of a snap count, uh, just kind of being careful with his injury recovery. But that's how he was last year, too, before he got hurt. Granted, again, that was game one against the Steelers. But I don't know. It's been a while since we've seen a, a dominant Saquon that could handle 17-plus carries, catch, you know, four or five passes. Do I, do I think that it's still in the cards later this season? For sure. I like, I like but that. But I'm answer. more concerned than I was leading up to even week one when he was still kind of in doubt, like, to play or not. Yeah, it's kind of uh, indicative of what I was saying about Saquon all offseason. Maybe he just it needs a little bit more time to work back and he'll get there, but not, not good uh, showing week one with, uh, what is it, 10 carries, 30 yards, maybe games. I don't know. But, again, I've been saying Saquon's not going to be what he used to be, and I guess that's just we're going to have to see it. If he doesn't turn around, I'd say by week four, you got to you really going to have to panic and be like, well, maybe maybe it's over. <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll see how that goes for Saquon and the Giants and for Chase. Matt's team, Matt probably was hurt the most by what I guess you would call a down game from Herbert. You mentioned it, only seventeen points. He played a good game. He just didn't throw multiple touchdowns. Didn't have much rushing you know that kind of boosted him last year he would always have like 20 30 rushing yards on a couple scrambles so that's you know two three points added on top but he'll bounce back for sure Washington football team is a great defense we still came out of the win let's go Chargers but yeah Herbert will will bounce back that'll be good for Matt I think his big concern is going to be James Robinson who he was you know he's been on a little bit of a roller coaster this year right like Coming off of a great rookie season, top 10 finish. Uh, they add Travis Etienne, so that dings Robinson. Etienne gets hurt on IR for the year. Oh, Robinson's back. He got less carries than Carlos Hyde did in the in that game on Sunday. So I don't know, taking your word, I don't know if that's prescriptive for the rest of the season, but I, I don't like that usage with Urban Meyer at the helm and you know, going with a guy that he knows and trusts over an undrafted rookie from last year. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know what that's going to spell for Robinson's future, but I feel like the way that we saw that play out with the Jags game with Lawrence throwing it 50 plus times, uh, maybe Urban Meyer is just not going to be a pound and ground and pound type player. And Robinson is going to have to hope for maybe a goal line plunge or more on the catches. Uh, He did get six targets. So very, very troubling. I know Matt's upset about that. Uh, he's been harping on the Urban Meyer thing for a while now. So maybe there's going to have to be uh, a lineup change coming for him. Uh, and then just to go back to Herbert, and I, you know, we don't want to spend too much more time on this matchup, but I'm asking you as a Chargers fan, Herbert with over 300 yards passing, 337 and a touchdown through a pick, through 47 times, is they are the Chargers going to be more reliant upon Eckler and their defense and not being? I mean, they were down a lot last year, and Herbert Herbert came back on a lot of games, resulting in a lot of better fantasy numbers. Do you see that kind of flipping and being more of a uh, we're going to win games and we're not going to just have to you know be stat monsters this year? What? How do you feel about that? 
So I don't know. I think the game was an interesting one. They were behind for a lot of it. And you see that Eckler, Roundtree, uh, Justin Jackson, I don't think between them they got 20 total carries. So I wouldn't say that there is an emphasis on the run. I, I think they want to definitely have a little more balance, but 47 times through the air it is a lot. And I just think that they're going to give the ball to Justin Herbert when they need to trust him to win a game. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I just think that they're going to try to be balanced. And if they get a lead, then we'll see some more, you know, probably Larry Roundtree, a little bit of Eckler uh, trying to seal the game. But if not, Herbert's going to sling. And we saw that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are just our game to, to be a dominant one and two. I love them. And I'm excited for this year. So. Would you moving on, moving on, let's talk about just kind of go into that other matchup with Chase and Ben. Let's talk about Ben who rose five spots in our rankings. You kind of touched on it, but I think we're both pretty impressed with, I guess his team and how we were wrong about some of those players. Miles Sanders, you mentioned um, not a great game and not like a, a bell count necessarily, but he got the, the majority of the work and was just solid with it. 74 yards on 15 carries. Like you'll take that from a running back at a couple catches and he's going to be a solid contributor for Ben this year. Jonathan Taylor didn't have a great game compared to what we saw from him at times last year's or last year, but similar situation, really solid on the ground. And then the surprising thing that I wasn't a believer in, in the preseason was he caught six passes for 60 yards. So if he can do that consistently, he's going to have a really good year. Agreed. Yeah, that was a, that was a very pleasant surprise on Taylor's end getting those six catches. Uh, and then just, yeah, I don't know how much more to say. Chark had a nice game, you know, th- 12 targets, only three catches. Don't know if he's going to be able to put up a long touchdown like that again. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, not another way to shake it or dice it or slice it. Teams that were starting out in our top high power rankings thinking they're going to be there. Lost week one. I don't think there's much panic on Gooch and Matt's side. Uh, but again, justified for the moving around. And here's, here's where we're at with the power rankings. Ben and Wade, good on you. Congratulations. Putting up nice points and getting some wins. Wade didn't move up in our rankings, though. So do you want to talk about that and just say that because of his running back situation, you know, even with maybe the surprise kind of found money with Elijah Mitchell, it's not going to be anything that he, he can count on going forward because, you know, as good as Tyreek Hill is, he's not going to score 40 every week. Uh, Ronald Jones is still a question mark. Did you, I don't know, did you see anything that would say that we should have moved him up a little bit or no? I mean, I guess we could have made a case to move him up a little bit in retrospect. Uh, the running backs were the big thing. I didn't know he had Elijah Mitchell until we started talking about that. So that will help him going forward. I don't think he gets, I mean, Maybe he does, though. Maybe he does get that, like, 60-yard, 70-yard touchdown from Waddle every week. I don't – I'm not a big Mike Williams guy, never have been, but if he can be a consistent 80 guy with eight catches, touch, I mean, yeah, maybe he's got a better team than what we thought. It's the running backs, though. I mean, even with Elijah Mitchell, let's just say he does become the starter and does get the majority of the work. 
he's still, I don't see him going off for a hundred and a touchdown every week. So I think that justifies him staying down there. He just does not have any running backs and he going to need running backs to, to go forward uh, to win a lot of games here. And I think that's the deciding factor. If he comes out and wins again this next week with the same kind of production, maybe we'll, we'll be able to have put, put a good hard look on jumping him in the rankings. But his receivers are nice. You know, Josh Allen's going to have better games. So we'll see. Hurts with 36 on the bench. He might have a trade partner out there with one of those quarterbacks. If you're thinking about, I mean, he could probably trade Josh Allen if he wanted to and roll Hurts and get a legit running back. I don't know. But it's the running backs for me, and I think the, the league, and you would agree. Yeah, the one thing that I, I do want to watch on Wade's team, too, is TJ Hawkinson, who we've been kind of down on in the past, but it looks like he might jump up. And we talked about this on the tight end show, too, but he might jump up into that range where he's a true difference maker week to week just because he is the clear, like, top target for the Lions. Yeah. Like, He's a wide receiver one, just like Darren Waller is for the Raiders, just like Travis Kelsey is a 1A for the Chiefs. Like, if you're going to lead your team in targets and, you know, you're being productive with them at the tight end position, like, that could that could mean a lot when you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Ben got eight out of his tight end, and that's, like, decent and reasonable, and it helped him score 160. If Wade's getting 20 points from Hawkinson every week, like, he might really start moving up these ranks, but we'll have to see. It was hard dropping some of these other players too, just because, you know, Eric and Jim both lost last week, but they had like the third and fourth top scores in the league. So yeah. we're not going to drop them that far. They, you know, just had tough matchups and their teams are obviously really good. So it's hard to move anyone below Wade, you know, past a certain point. Yep. I do want to just make sure we touch on these players that have like flipped like that though, in our expectations. So let's talk about Doug big surprise win. he went from our 12th ranked last place team to eighth, which still, you know, not in the playoffs or anything, but I think where I was wrong the most on was the Rams running back usage and how Daryl Henderson was basically the guy. Sony Michelle got like one carry. I think mm-hmm. uh, I expected that to be a little more split. So if he can count on solid production from Henderson to pair with Derrick Henry and Darren Waller, like Doug, Doug will win some games for sure. Like he already has. Yeah. That's a huge uh, come up on Doug's team with the Daryl Henderson usage. I don't know if there's ever going to, you know, the Sunny week one, Sonny Michelle, maybe they need more time in that offense, but Henderson looked good against the bears. He looked, uh, yeah, like, again, he, he looked good. So Doug's going to probably have a nice little uh, boom there with Henderson. His receivers are still troublesome. I don't see them really – the way the Pittsburgh offense looked, uh, Miami, I don't have much – still much faith in him. I mean, he, he started two, got 19, just – but he got a win. He beat T. He beat, the, he beat Tyler. He beat the team who I projected to be in the playoffs – and to win a playoff game. He exceeded expectations majorly, so we're here to give you props on that, Doug. I know you don't listen, and you probably don't know what's going on, but going from 12 to 8, big jump, uh, well-deserved uh, to come out there week one and get a win. Uh, put it. Hopefully you can string more of those together, and uh, 
Yeah, but big game, big game from Waller. That's what we kind of talked about Doug's team. He didn't have a big game from Henry, but he did get a big game from Waller, and Henderson kind of made up for that Henry uh, kind of bad game. So if he can put all those together week to week, he'll be all right. But that was the question going forward is I, we didn't see that happening. And, again, he's not – if he doesn't do that, I think he's going to lose a lot of games, and that's where his team struggles is you have to – he now has to rely on, you know, going next week – you know, we're going to get into the matchups, but next week, uh, Doug is playing Gooch. Uh, so yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what both those teams can muster for sure. Um, but again, yeah. good on you, Doug. Props. You moved up the rankings. You you exceeded our expectations. You proved us wrong. Now we can just, we all we got to hope is that that team can put it all together. And he'll win some games if he can get that consistent 140, 150. Yeah, for sure. The other big faller in the week before we wrap this up was Tyler's team. And I, I dropped him, I know, personally, just because of the Mostert injury. We talked about how he didn't have running back depth, and that's just going to be an issue. For the same reason we kept Wade's ranking down, kept our outlook on him, you know, tempered, was just once you get into bye weeks especially and you don't have that running back, I mean, you're basically playing without a – without a roster spot, without a starter. So uh, hard to hard to overcome a lot of that. Jamal Williams really looked good. He didn't play him this week, so he can kind of swap him out for Mostert. But still, there's there's going to be uh, an issue there because we don't expect Jamal Williams to be that good every week. And then if Aaron Rodgers doesn't bounce back, that's uh, another major piece that Kyler's going to be missing. His receivers are great, though. So that might carry him enough um, throughout the year. Yep, and that's what we were saying about T's team. His receivers are great. Rodgers is definitely uh, going to have a better game this week coming up. I think he plays Monday night against the Lions, if I'm not mistaken, at home. So if he doesn't put it together there, then we got some reason to cons- some real reasons to be concerned. It did look like he was out there with a sabotage or vice versa. <laughs> Just was very, very disappointing. And if Rodgers has a normal 20-point Rodgers game, uh, T uh, does get the win. So even with the Mostert injury, but his receivers are going to do a lot for T each and every week. Uh, We know that to be true. And Rodgers is not going to put up one point next week or in the future, even if there is some sort of crazy shakeup and then you trade him, he's going to go somewhere. So T's in his own okay shape, but granted he does need to drop because he did lose to our number 12 team. And that's the ranks this week, folks. We spent a lot of time, but I did want to just kind of show where there were surprises, either where we thought players weren't going to be good and they ended up, you know, showing that they're very involved, showing that they're going to be contributors this season. And then others that we were high on that maybe we should have uh, brought that down a bit. So I know you're going to hate on it and disagree, but that's where we're at. Prove us wrong next week. Yeah. Let's take a break here. That was kind of a, a big, deep dive. And we'll, we will hear a word from one of our sponsors and then get into the matchups. Today's episode was brought to you by The Turd Timer. Hey, husbands, boyfriends, and other poo-crastinators. Do you find yourself sitting down on the porcelain throne just to sit there for hours scrolling through your phone? Well, now, the makers of Squatty Potty introduce the Turd Timer. This nifty four-inch tall hourglass timer was taken from your favorite board game. All you have to do is set it next to the toilet to remind you to sh**. 
or Get Off the Pot. Available literally anywhere children's games are sold. And we're back, Snake. Week two matchups. Fun week, it looks like, ahead. Uh, a lot of evenly ranked teams, uh, for the most part, based on our rankings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of interesting kind of side storylines for the people in our league, right? Mm-hmm. Let's start off with the huge marquee matchup of the week. Kind of the, I, I mean, like for the past couple seasons, it's been a major deal. But my team, good mm-hmm. thing, scum and threes, number one ranked overall, plays the number two team, Brandon's team. Uh, he just changed the name, which is good. Do nothing commit. It's now SNS, get everything wrong. And I assume, you know, he hasn't told us what it means. I assume it's, Scheist and Snow get everything wrong. Right. That that makes a lot more sense to me now. So, yeah, there's that. But major matchup, um, top two scores from last week. Brandon put up, like, a top five score from the past two seasons. So his team was looking really strong. And uh, I'm – I'll be honest, I'm scared. I'm not afraid to talk about my feelings and my emotions. Not Yeah, what what – Typically, when it comes to your emotions, Scum, I, I like that you brought that up. Would you say that you're typically more of like a, a happy-go-lucky person, or do you find yourself like being more like upset and mad uh, most of the time? Uh, um, I don't. What? I don't like that word you just used. I'm not upset. What are things in your life, would you say, <laughs> right, that just kind of make you upset? I'm not. I'm not upset. Well, this is it, folks. The upset of the week. Scum and Sneak upset of the week. Scum and Sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, S and S get everything wrong. He better hope so. He better hope not. Scum, you are getting upset this week by Brandon. Upset of the week. Big Brandon, the top score from last week is taking you out of the number one spot, Scum. How does that make you feel? Yikes on bikes. I haven't lost to Brandon in like four years, please. But oh, what a matchup. Marquee matchup of the of the week, obviously. Top two teams, a big early season tilt, uh, possible. Uh, look ahead to the future of what this league might be showing us uh, come playoff time. But man, this is this better be an absolutely amazing matchup. It better be freaking close. Uh, there better be amazing games and scores uh, all around. But scum, you are going to lose, unfortunately. And you dope. The reason why is gonna be your receivers. Huh? Calvin Ridley against Tampa Bay. We saw the the Falcons had a very bad game last week. I don't think Ridley comes back. I know it's a divisional game, uh, but Julio Jones against Seattle. Seattle's defense is not good, but Julio Jones is just not good anymore. Godwin will have a good game. Kelsey and Mahomes will have a good game. Not so sure, though, that you're going to be getting another Thielen double touchdown day. Uh, Matt Gay, the gay Matt. And Indy, he had like 15 points or something ridiculous. I don't know, man. Brandon's got really, really good matchups across the board. Uh, If not, it it will lend itself to some garbage time. It will lend itself to whatever may be. But 
after last week with the points, uh, he beats you. I'm sorry, man. Russell Wilson against Tennessee. Josh Jacobs just scored two touchdowns. I don't know if he does that against Pittsburgh, but he's going to be getting work. Devonta Adams is probably going to have 150 and three touchdowns. That alone will blow out at least all, probably all of your receivers. So sorry, my friend, but you lose. All right. Counterpoints to everything you just said. <laughs> Calvin Ridley did have a bad game last week, but we just saw the, the Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper just torch the Bucks. So uh, check Calvin Ridley, 40 points, easy. Julio Jones, why would you ever say anything bad about Julio Jones? I don't care how bad it looked last week. He'll have at least seven points this week. Book it. That's a guarantee. Book it. And who else did you say? Oh, yeah, Thielen, double touchdown. You're right. He won't score two because he's going to score three. <laughs> he's going to match Devontae's. I love it. Against that sieve of a Cardinals defense. I know they just kind of trounced the Titans and had like five sacks. Uh, that's a whole different, whole different team, whole different ball game. Chandler Jones is probably just going to, you know, he's already got the sack lead. He's not going to be as motivated. And they don't have Irv Smith. So Thielen's kind of like the red zone guy. That is what you say. I was surprised about that. But uh, yeah, I like your points. You know, defend yourself. Jacobs, let's let's keep going. Jacobs on Brandon's team. Uh, probably he's going to swap him out for Swift. But Jacobs is only good in week one. So take away those two touchdowns. He had like 10 carries for 34 yards. Garbage by Josh Jacobs. But Swift is good. So. Such a good point. And last night watching that Raiders game, I was like, if Jacobs gets this a third touchdown, that's exactly what he did last year. <laughs> yeah. uh, Devontae, I mean, obviously the, uh, the, 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 the Packers are washed. They're all terrible. Aaron yeah. Rodgers doesn't have it anymore. Jordan Love is terrible. And uh, yeah, I'm really very disappointed that that game is on Monday night and I have to watch Brandon surpass me off the back of Devontae Adams and and DeAndre said it's gonna so, happen at least it's early in the season at least it's week two you're getting it out of the way you're probably going to win the rest of the year so but yeah he's going to upset you and you're going to lose and that would put you at number two power rank going into week three if not lower Ugh. but it will be a good matchup my favorite little wrinkle in our matchup is the saints play the panthers Alvin Kamara versus Christian McCaffrey the trade heard around the world last year. A blockbuster trade from last year. We get to kind of live it out. And, uh, man, McCaffrey looked freaking good last week, and I'm just so mad that he has to be on Brandon's team. Yeah, that is that is a very fun wrinkle, the Camara versus McCaffrey matchup. Uh, and you guys are playing each other. Just You just can't make this stuff up, folks. You just can't put this down, and it works out perfectly, but it is. So, so tune in. It's going to be glorious. Week two. What the the couple things I will say too. I mean, yes, we picked Brandon for the upset of the week, but I would say that his his weak spots of Dallas Goder that's concerning. I mean, he got bailed out by a touchdown last week. Mm -hmm. um, not great, uh, and I have Travis Kelsey, so big big advantage there. And then Corey Davis is coming off of a huge week that was kind of expected with. Jameson Crowder being out with Keelan Cole being out. Like he's the only guy left because as we saw, Elijah Moore, apparently it's garbage. Can't do anything. I mean, he might bounce back, but not a great debut for him. So with potentially more 
Um, target competition coming back this week if those guys get healthy with what I would guess is a, a tougher matchup with the Patriots. I mean, their game was pretty low scoring last week. I would say that Corey Davis doesn't repeat, at least with his two touchdown game. So there's there's some chances for me to stave off Brendan. But yeah, maybe if I can get a defense that scores positive points rather than negative, that'll help too. It's possible, but you still lose. All right. We all know Chubb. <laughs> Move on then. Moving on. Let's go to our number three ranked team versus our number five ranked team. Another big matchup. Eric has changed his name back to Laviska. Lavuska. Shanuska. Love to see it. Versus the number five team, Jimbo's Deer, Deer Emoji. So both teams, like I mentioned earlier, were the uh, third and fourth highest scores last week, but both lost. So one of them will get their first win of the season. One will kind of be stuck in a hole at 0-2 after a tough early season start. So what are your thoughts about this matchup? Uh, my thoughts are is that Ernie gets the win uh, by, na- by man- narrow, slim margin. When you look down the line currently the way the rosters are, there's a lot of green next to all their players, assuming that those are really good matchups. Ernie's coming in here with Najee against the Raiders, Keenan Allen against Dallas. That's going to be an awesome game. Lockett just had an, a great two-touchdown 100-yard performance going up against Tennessee. Uh I don't like uh, the Pitts matchup is we, we don't even need to talk about Pitts. He obviously is exactly what I thought he was. Actually, no, no, hold on. Pause right there. Let's talk about Pitts because it's a really funny debate going on right now. Cause yeah, four for 31. I mean, might as well be Cole Komet, right? Right. He got eight targets though, which is really good to see. So I think what's going to end up happening is your hate and my love for Pitts will end up like meeting in the middle and they'll have this very moderate baby of, like, Pitts is just fine for a rookie tight end. But I do like the discussion because there, there's encouraging things and there's things that, like, look really bad for him, I think, from both sides. Is that fair? Eight yeah. targets. I mean, the, like, target, the eight targets, yeah, that's nice. But it's – and maybe Pitts is really good. Maybe he is really skilled. But he's going – but the Falcons – Matt Ryan being old and just not looking good is not is it I don't see that being turning around. I don't know. That's a fair point. Do you think that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones had some kind of Faustian deal together where they could only be like the good versions of themselves as long as they were together? Yeah, one I could totally get behind a conspiracy like that because that you see you see that we see we're seeing that, and I think that's a fun way of putting it. And yeah, I don't know. What I I think everyone expected more out of the Falcons' offense a little bit. Maybe the Eagles' defense was just really good. Maybe it was week one. But, again, going back to Pitts, uh, I've been saying it up and down. You called him to be, you know, the greatest tight end ever. <laughs> Obviously. But, uh, Still on the cards. The target's nice. Uh, the production from the target's not good. And uh, I know the I know you just said, like, Dallas just came into to Tampa Bay and threw all over him. But that's Dallas. That's Dak way better offensive players. Ridley and Pitts are not going to be able to do that against them. Uh, Pitts especially. Ridley maybe because he is a lot better, but Pitts, no. They're going to – no. I mean, the linebackers in Tampa Bay are way too good. 
Uh, I still, I'm calling for Ernie to make the win off the backs of his running backs uh, and the Keelan Allen, Tyler Lockett alone. Uh, again, I like Jimbo's matchups. Kyler Murray showed that he's going to be, again, once again, a top five quarterback. Carson, I like his usage. And against Tennessee, it's just going to be just as good. Uh, Robert Woods is part of the slinging and gunslinging life in L.A. with Stafford. So no, no downside there. Jarvis, uh, I guess he had a decent game. I didn't really pay too much attention. Robbie Anderson only had like one catch or something, but it was a touchdown. Yep. James Conner is James Conner. I was expecting him to maybe get some goal line or something, but no. So Jimbo's going to be riding on the backs of Murray and, and Clyde and Carson and Woods, but it's not going to be enough for the Lavuska, Lavisca, Shanerska, Ernie, Big Bones, McGee. <laughs> just getting all the names today. Uh, his team is just uh, is just going to keep getting getting better, and uh, even you know, yeah, <laughs> Mixon, freaking Mixon, love him, love him. I agree with you that Eric should win, but the thing that Jim can kind of hang his hat on and, and look forward to is Kyler Murray is legit. I think at least for fantasy, you know, he's going to have the rushing. He scored another rushing touchdown. Uh, on Sunday and he's got weapons all over the place Hopkins and Christian Kirk each scored two touchdowns the other day Uh, my boy Rondo Moore looked pretty good pretty fast didn't score anything but he just has um, those guys that are going to make contested catches and then guys that are going to get him yards after the catch so he's got a lot to work with and we saw with Eric uh, last week started to rub it in Eric but Sam Darnold did fine, played, had a pretty good game, had like 23 points. When he played a team that had a 40-point quarterback, that was the difference. So Jim could have that 40-point quarterback and then has the guys that you mentioned, uh, Carson with a good matchup. I, I like Clyde to bounce back. I mean, he didn't have a great game last week, but still was in the double digits. And he can't have a game worse than that, right? Like he was barely involved, just got a couple of carries didn't catch a lot of passes. So I think there is room for, you know, a, a pretty decent, not blow up game from Clyde, but if he scores a touchdown, like on the goal line, then that kind of swings things. And, you know, I like Robert Woods, even though he didn't seem that involved, he wasn't Matt Stafford's best friend eating cereal together, but he still caught a touchdown. And, you know, I love guys that just randomly get rushing attempts and Robert Woods did get one of those on Sunday night. Yes, he did. So I think this one will be close. It should be another fun one to watch. It's going to be another fun one. It's going to be very close, uh, and it could go either way, depending on really one player or a touchdown here or a play there. Uh, but I do, I do think Aaron gets the win. Agreed. Next matchup is our number nine team, Chase's team, newly named High Speed Chase. Mm-hmm. Pew, 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 pew. Versus. Boring old Doug J team, but he's our number eight team and coming off of a fresh win. Yep, and I think that's for me for this matchup is probably going to be where the accolades end. Uh, good win, Doug, week one, shooting up the rankings. But I expect uh, so. I, I we obviously expect a major better game from Aaron Jones, and that's probably going to be the, the kicker here. If Gooch gets the same sort of production that he just got out of the same. Uh, players as last week with an Aaron Jones normal 20 pointer 
Uh, Gooch gets the win here. Although Derrick Henry against Seattle is a nice matchup. Uh, Waller against Pitt, though, I don't think is a good matchup. I don't think Waller gets 20 targets. And even if he does, he's not catching 10 of them for 100 and whatever in a score. And Pittsburgh is going to know how to shut that down a lot better than uh, the Ravens did. So that's, that's really, for me, where it's going to go. Tua against Buffalo, no thank you. Stafford <laughs> against Indy, yes, please. Uh, even if Saquon sucks, which you're probably going to against Washington, uh, even if McLaurin sucks, uh, it's really going to come down to Aaron Jones, Stafford, and that's really all huge. I feel like it's going to need if he continues his production from last week. And like I said, Doug needs Doug needs at this point. Doug needs a Henry, a Waller, and a Henderson. Amazing game. He's not getting it from Waller this week. Uh, he's probably going to get it from Henry. So, again, that's what's going to happen, in my opinion. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, where else can I even look in this matchup to make a case for Doug? I don't think I can. Uh, again, I think for me, it comes down to Gooch does what he did last week with a better Aaron Jones game, and he wins. Yeah, that's fair. Back to Doug's team really quick because, uh, you know, agree with everything you said. He's got heavy hitters that he needs big games from to stay competitive, which we know can happen. Um, what would be your number of like blow up chase Claypool games this year? We saw it last year. He had like what, two or three multi-touchdown games, major ones, and then regular ones. Uh, he had a plain, simple, normal game last week. How many blow ups are we expecting from Claypool this season? I guess if I had to give you a number, I'm just going to go with two. Okay. Not without, without looking at matchups, without looking at schedule. Uh, I called for Ben Roethlisberger to be a top 12 quarterback. I know week one was against the Bills, but he just, he just didn't look like he's going to be able to do that. He looked, he looked old and slow, indecisive. Uh, I think they're going – Again, from again, I don't know. Week one, we need to kind of temper our expectations a little bit from week one. There's a lot of stuff to think about going forward, and it is only week one. But the Steelers are almost looking like the game management, win game, tough it out on defense. You know, Najee, I think, got like 15 carries, didn't do much with it. But maybe they're not going to say, all right, Ben, go out there and sling it. We've got three really good receivers, in our opinion. Maybe they do that against, you know, they follow more game script against, better, you know, lesser defenses. I just don't – I thought, you know, I'm wrong if from what I saw week one. I don't see Roethlisberger going back there and just blowing it up, which is going to make Claypool not blow it up. Sure. That's fair. But – I'll eat those. For, I'll, eat, I'll eat that for sure. If one of those two happens against Chase this week, you know, that's, that's not great. Uh, fun tight end matchup between these two this week. Both guys that are widely renowned is really good, and you don't like either of them. Darren Waller, who you talked about, and George Kittle. So Darren Waller, obviously, is coming off of a huge game. Kittle, pretty pedestrian. Who do you expect to outscore or to be the top scorer at tight end this week between those two? I think I, just have, I think I have to just go with Kittle uh, against Philly. I just think, Pitts, like I said, Pittsburgh is going to have an answer for Waller. I think Philly is going to have to answer for a lot more than just Kittle. And Kittle's going to do probably what he did last week. You know, he had a decent game, 10 fantasy points, four catches, 70 yards. Maybe he gets another catch here and there. Maybe he gets closer to the 100 mark. Uh, 
Uh, I just think Waller is going to come into a, a, a better game plan for him. And just on the whole not liking Kittle and Waller thing, I'm coming around to Waller after watching that Raiders game last night. Uh, getting his whole story, getting his whole deal, uh, watching him like in a full game, you know, prime time where I can just focus on how he looked. Uh, He looks like a legit receiver out there. Uh, So I am coming around to being like, okay, Waller's good. All right. Such an inspiration, Darren Waller. Come on the pod. Yeah. And we'll just keep like, like Jimbo said, uh, you're not going to be anonymous anymore. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing in this matchup. What are your thoughts on Cortland Sutton? Um, not a great game. Still probably working himself back in after the injury last year. But can he step up and, you know, really start to contribute and, and ball out a little bit with Jerry Judy missing the upcoming six, maybe more weeks? I think Gooch is hoping for that. And we can only assume that that would have to be the case now that Judy's gone. Uh, in the next two weeks against Jacksonville and the Jets uh, would be perfect way to do it. Watch out for my boy, Tim Patrick, Timothy Eugene Patrick. He's Timothy the- Patrice. <laughs> next matchup, freaking Hesse, the full Monty, formerly the bad mother Tucker, formerly a whole myriad of names that he just keeps changing. Coming off of a win, but still our number seven ranked team versus the big mover and shaker from this week, Team Smith Ben 08. Smith Ben 08. Is he our number four ranked team this week? He is our number quattro ranked team this week. And you know what, Benjamin? Smith Ben 08, you are going to beat Hesse. Hesse is going to do some tinkering in that lineup because of uh, all the points he left on the bench. Oh, tinker. And yep. it is just not going to work out for him. It's going to blow up in his face. Listen, Hesse, you played me week one, my friend. You obviously were going to beat me. Let's just calm down like everyone is saying. You know, we love to harp on you. You did good. You beat me like you were supposed to. Your team is nice. Montgomery is nice. Lamar Jackson is going to be good. It looks like this year he looked like a lot better passer. He looked like a lot better of a quarterback last night. Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Mike Evans. You got good pieces, but you're now – you're going to not be able to hit the right on your lineup and know you're, you're loving your options. And it's great to have that, but Benjamin just has his team and he's going to roll it out there every week. And he's got awesome matchups again this week, Tom Brady against Atlanta, another 30 point game, Miles Sanders against the Rams, even if he doesn't, or against the Niners, uh, even if he doesn't get many carries, he's probably going to get a lot of catches. We saw that with the Lions backs last week. Cup is going to be amazing against the Colts. Shark probably does pretty good. Komet, he's going to get his eight. Uh, Koo probably kicks a lot of field goals this week. And Gronk is not scoring two touchdowns in 90 yards or whatever he did. <laughs> Antonio Brown, even if he does what he did last week, uh, I just don't I just don't see Hesse putting it together. And prove me wrong, Hesse, but – we're on a we're on a Ben kick right now. We're on a Smith Ben 08 kick, and I like his matches better than yours. Uh, currently projected to lose, but I expect those projections to come a little bit closer throughout the week. Uh, the full Monty, our uh, Hawaiian native, will lose uh, to go one and one. I like the idea of just being on a Ben kick, just a bender, 
we're on a we're on a freaking bend bender dude like after all the 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 crap we're talking about this team and uh the way they performed week one uh looking at the way the rankings are and what we're currently projecting for wins uh, i say ben stays in his top four spot next week i would agree i think i think ben ekes this one out should be another close one and the matchups you know as you detailed already are pretty fun what do you think about jesse moving antonio brown into his flex and now having well and moving gronk into starting tight end spot so three of the Bucks receiving options in the same lineup. Tough, tough play, I think. But also, we're doing that scum and sneak favorite. He's going against Tom Brady, so he's got to get a uh, you know a bonus of that somewhere in one of these one of these um, spots, right? The reverse stack, I guess. The reverse stack, and just kind of running through the lineup real quick. Maybe. You know, it's against Atlanta, though. So you, I think if you're going to go up against any defense at this point and play three bucks receiving options, go for it this week. Uh, I would just also throw in the possibility of maybe trying to keep Melvin Gordon in the lineup against Jacksonville this week. How about Melvin just still looking spry? Yeah, obviously he got all of his, his yards on that one long touchdown, but he did have an even split share with Javante. So... Yeah, tough call, but we know Hess is going to lean bucks all, all day, uh, and he's going to hit on probably, I don't know what he's got, three. He's going to hit on maybe one and a half-ish of them. <laughs> okay, I like that call, one and a half. All right, moving on to another matchup of guys that we, um, I don't know, have have hopes for just personally, but Team Wade Yealy, number 10, versus team big T number 11, the battle of um, the battle of the teams with one and a half running backs combined between them. Is that appropriate? That is very appropriate. Uh, and then we just, not that it matters because Moster was already going to be out eight weeks, but now he's out for the season. He is not coming back. Elijah Mitchell in the starting lineup for Wade, the battle of the, uh, and then most are being out for T the battle of the no running back teams, but uh, man, this is going to be an interesting matchup. I'm going to say Wade wins, okay. but it's going to be, this is a receiving core matchup. Yes, it is. That we've, uh, that we may have not have ever really seen before. We've got Wade Now I, I want to, I got, I just got included in those rookie at this game. We got Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, C.D. Lamb going up against Amari Cooper, Sterling Shepard, D.K. Metcalf. That's a fun receiving matchup between yeah, the two, is. and that's where this matchup is going to come down to. Uh, whoever T gets in that flex spot, which is probably uh, – well, at this point, he's uh, who knows because he's got to put Jamal Williams in his running back spot. But a big wide receiver matchup, and that's where this, this one comes down to. Uh, and I expect Rodgers and Allen to probably match each other on the points. Yeah. Fun one to watch. Do you, what's your thoughts? Excuse me on Odell Beckham Jr. this year. I know they held him out just to be cautious in Week One. I don't know. Do you see this lingering? Do you think he'll come back? Do you have any faith that he'll be good at all? I mean, Baker looked pretty good against the Chiefs. I thought so. You know, adding a good target back could be something there. What do you think? I think there could be something there. So what 
what is the deal with Odell? It wasn't a healthy scratch. It was like him still just kind of not being ready. Uh, but with the way the Browns run the offense, it's he's got to he's not going to I don't know. I guess I don't know how to answer that question. I have faith that Odell could be come back to be what he was. It's just how the Browns intend to use him and in that how that offense is already looking so run heavy. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I mean, what are the reports? Is, is Are we thinking Odell's going to play this week? Because I would love to see this wide receiver matchup between him and Wade, between T and Wade, get even better with Odell in the line. Yeah, I haven't seen yet, so I would have the same hope, though. It would be fun to see, and I think it'll probably be another kind of late Saturday, early Sunday kind of decision made, too, just on how Odell looks and feels. So, But the quarterbacks and the wide receivers is going to be great. I, I like the Wade pick just because of his advantage. We talked about it, but TJ Hawkinson, top tier tight end. Tyler has Tyler Higby, who was pretty good on Sunday night, but I think there's definitely a difference there. Yeah, this is going to be a, a fun one because of the receivers. I'm excited to see what they can do. They all have fairly good matchups, uh, so that that's where that's where I see this one shaking out. But I'm calling Wade with the win. T goes own two. Don't like that for him, but so be it. We've got an extra game this year. Anything could happen. Anything can happen. Last matchup of the week between the only two people that have been to South Dakota in the world, probably. (laughs) In the whole world. Team Soup Face, number 12, versus Team Chase is Delivered, number six. Can you explain that to me? Am I not understanding his name? I, I mean... Is there anything to understand? He was Chase's gay. Now he's Chase's delivered. I'm guessing there was maybe a character count issue. But yeah, it was based on that video of uh, of a gay guy being delivered. Gotcha. All right. Well, it's no surprise to the world, to the league, uh, to us here at Scum and Sneak Show. But this is the blowout of the week. This is the blowout of the week. The South Dakota Buffalo is beating Big Sneak. Best coming Sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. Blowout of the week. Yay! Yay. I get blown out this week. I'm currently projected to lose by 50. I was the biggest blowout last week, even though we didn't call it. Obviously, this year is going to be a rough one for Team Soup Face. So, but I'll always have Dak, and that's all I need. <laughs> I love that quarterback matchup between you, Dak Prescott versus Justin Herbert, and the Chargers and Cowboys play each other this week. So, we'll add attention there. Can watch both guys in the same game. Chargers are obviously going to win, but it should be a shootout which is very exciting for all the fantasy pieces involved. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the thing that would, I, I think Matt's going to win. I think that's, you know, pretty, a pretty safe pick. Uh, his team is really good. We've talked about it. We expect it to bounce back still in our top six ranks, probably going to move up soon. All that still, um, still strong in all those ways, but to keep it closer, you do have Sammy Watkins who played pretty well on Monday night. Yeah, pretty good game in a matchup with the Chiefs. So high scoring, you would assume. 
kind of a revenge game. All those things in play to maybe get Sammy like to 15 points instead yeah. of maybe nine, 10 that you would kind of project him for as well. At least what sleeper has. Yeah. And yeah, Rodrigo's always in play. He could always go off for 17, right? He could, he could, but again, Matt with Antonio Gibson and Damian Harris in that one and two RB spot, uh, true looking workforces after week one, getting uh, tons of carries and tons of work. So he's, he's square there. Hopkins, just an absolutely magician, magical man out there. And going up against the Vikings, I expect another human game from Hopkins. Uh, AJ Brown uh, gets back to old AJ Brown with a better game. Uh, I don't really know what to say, man. Matt's going to destroy me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Accepting that. Uh, like I said, I got Dak, uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, I, I expect Randall Cobb to get a few things from his old friend, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Renfro had a nice game last night and I expect him to keep moving forward. If the, if the Raiders are going to be super pass heavy, that Renfro is going to be receiving a lot out there. I like what the Rams could do on any given Sunday. Uh, to get me, you know, touchdowns and sacks and interceptions, but it's going to always be too much, too little this year. Uh, we uh, we know what soup face is up to, uh, so there you have it. Yeah, I mean, you're playing for the future. We talked about it. If we're ranking future assets, you're first. So right now, just uh, just about getting through that, and maybe you know, pulling an upset or two here or there. We saw it happen last year with Eric when he was kind of in the same boat. So. We'll see when that comes this year. One question about the matchup, and I guess more so about Matt's team. This may flip back and forth all week. He currently has Jawan Johnson in his tight end spot. Instead I didn't of just notice that. I was almost going to say something, but I was like, what is this? So Jawan Johnson's coming off of a huge game, obviously, but that whole, the whole like scoring, uh, all the scoring plays for the Saints were kind of weird. I feel like Jameis threw five touchdowns on like, 20 pass attempts. Jawan's two touchdowns were off three receptions. So uh, obviously he is an end zone target. I expect that he has a good number of touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. But with you kind of predicting a Packers bounce back, is Tunyon going to be the play? Um, and again, Matt could very well switch this all, you know, all week until he settles on someone. But what do you, I guess, is Jawan Johnson going to be a good play? consistently throughout the year do you think consistently i would initially say no this week you know he can try it out and this is the week to try it out on it was with 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 me against carolina but i think tanyan again uh, we've been saying the packers have a huge offensive bounce back against detroit so i think the play would be tanyan for the most points uh and just more assurity but again Matt can tinker as much as he can. He wants this this week going up against me. Uh, yeah, Jawan Johnson with the 21 yards and, a, and two touchdowns last week. It's going to be a weird thing trying to put your thumb on Saints pass catchers, I think, this year uh, without the clear number one. Uh, maybe that is fine. Maybe, okay, there's going to be three, four-ish guys that are always going to get looks and opportunities. Uh, so you could probably feel safe with a Jawan Johnson or playing – uh, whoever you want in that offense, but in, interesting that I'm seeing that Matt's doing that now. Uh, but again, he's got he's got so many he's got so many options. I mean, at, right now he's got Allen Robinson on his bench. Yeah. So like <laughs> the guys, I mean, 
Matt's got such a deep team that he's, it's going to take a lot of, for him every each and every week to decide who to play, especially when he starts playing the likes of you and Brandon uh, going forward. So now it would be the time, I guess, to experiment. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not his tight end call this week isn't going to make or break it, but I just thought that was interesting, especially yeah. with like. I think it's. I mean, I think it's more interesting right now that he's got Allen Robinson on the bench. But again, yeah. like it's almost kind of hard. Where is he put? Where is he going to get even Allen Robinson in there with? Until Justin Fields starts playing, maybe that's his, maybe that's what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, he did it last week, and I think uh, that's not a surprise because of the Jalen Ramsey matchup with with his other options, you know, you can make that call. Um, I would consider, you know, if it was me, I would really look at him over probably like a Deontay who was kind of bailed out with the touchdown uh, last week. You know, he would have had a less impressive game if he didn't catch that one, but you could say that about most players. AJ Brown too was kind of saved by a touchdown. So maybe a huge bank on, on that with those offenses at least theoretically being more likely to score than the bears. But I mean, having four stud receivers, isn't a bad place to be. So. Right. Yeah. He's, we've been saying that he's got an extremely deep team and uh, it's, it's not a bad thing to have. <laughs> nope. All right, Shank, let's move on from the matchups. Again, if, if we're wrong, which I guess we were a little bit wrong last week, but whatever, we'll be right this week. And let's get in to hopes and dopes. Hopes and dopes. Yeah. And, you know, just like we were saying with week one, sometimes it's coming snake show experiences a week one weirdness. So yeah. uh, it was a little weird. Watch it, everybody. OK, just just calm down. OK. We did both go one and one for hopes and dopes last week. So not terrible. We happened to pick the same dope of Dave Montgomery who proved us wrong. So yes, he did. Yes, Jesse, we heard you. He looks great. Congratulations. Yes, good job, Jesse. He is he looks legit, and you are right. We were wrong. But we both got our hope calls right. You had Sam Darnold, who was a, a good play last week, looked pretty good against his former team. And then I had Devontae Smith, who caught a touchdown and looked, I thought, really good in his debut. He did look really good, and he looks like he's going to be the clear-cut option in that Phillies offense. Then, uh, yeah, that was that was fun to see. Yeah. So I will – I'll start off. I'll start with my hope, and I'll stick with the rookies who looked pretty good in their debut, and my hope this week is Jamar Chase. Okay. For Eric's team. Now, again, Eric, like Matt, is a team that is really deep, has a lot of options, so – it's not going to kill him to not play Jamar Chase. But with the matchup that he has against the – sorry, I, I lost it. Let me pull it up again. Bears, I think. Yeah, with the matchup with the Bears, we just saw the number one target for the Rams, Cooper Cup, have a great game. I think that Jamar Chase is the number one target for the Bungles, and Joe Burrow obviously loves him. So I think that's a great play. And I think that the consideration or the person that Eric would – put on his bench for Jamar Chase is, I know it's his namesake, but LaVisca Chenault against the Broncos. I mean, Broncos defense I'm kind of high on, and LaVisca is more of like a kind of underneath route, like he really good for PPR, a really good floor and a good baseline for him. But Jamar Chase will be more exciting and potentially you could have like a huge blow-up game this week um, in, a, you know, maybe the, 
Bengals are playing from behind too, if the Bears defense plays a little better. So I just think there's a lot more room for Jamar to continue, you know, showing everyone that he wasn't a bust after a couple of drops in the preseason. Yeah, he did have a really good game. I like that call uh, for him to have an even better game. Then my dope this week is Saquon Barkley. I touched on this earlier when we talked about Cooch's team, but he's got just – he's not going to be there in these early stages of the season. It's still going to be a slow kind of rollout for him. Uh, I think still kind of nursing some stuff. And he's got a pretty tough matchup against Washington football team. So I would not expect high rushing totals or even like a lot of dump offs because I think that and we'll get into this in the next segment, but I think the football team is going to kind of choke out that Giants offense. So Saquon is a dope this week. All right. All right. Well, my hopes and dopes, we're going to start with my hope and it is Ezekiel Elliott. Hey, had a bad game week one. That was it. Is uh, they didn't play. They didn't rush Elliott against the Bucks defense because of that front line. This week, Elliott gets back into the fold, into the mix. One of the reasons why Ernie E. Fritz, our Lavisca Lavusca, beats Jimbo's deer. Uh, put Elliott in the lineup, my friend. You will not be disappointed this week. I think it's an afternoon game uh, at the Chargers. Am I correct? So I have a, I have a, it's going to be a nice day. It's going to be a nice game. Elliot probably gets himself a score or two, uh, gets in that 70, 80 yarder uh, on the ground, a couple catches. He has a good game. He is my hope this week. I'll always be an Elliot fan, but I don't think Dak throws it 60 times again. I think they get Elliot into the game plan. So he is a hope reason. One of the reasons why Jimbo will lose and my dope is Christian McCaffrey. Ooh, I like that. Now, Brandon's still going to beat you. Well, no, 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 no. Not going to be because of CMC. You are going to win the Camara-CMC matchup. Well, yeah, that makes sense. The Saints defense is going to stifle him. You're still going to lose. Brandon's still going to win, but CMC does not put up 10 catches for 100 yards or whatever he did. He's not going to score 25 points without a touchdown. He's going to be a dope. And I'm going to say that CMC is a outside of the top eight running backs this week. Solid call. We did just watch the Saints completely bottle up Aaron Jones. So, you know, I think there's some credence to that. And I hope, hope, hope you're right. So you win the Kamara uh, McCaffrey matchup, but you lose uh, the week. Sorry. Do nothing, Kamish. That's hopes and dopes this week, folks. And again, we we will be right, of course, after week two concludes, and you can take those picks to the bank. Take it to the bank. We are going to be right. Like you wouldn't believe this week. Another thing that we're going to be right on this week is America's favorite segment. It's coming sneak at the Thursday night game wrong. Yes, yes, indeed. We got the winner of the game right last week. Yeah. Not the score, though, but we were kind of close. It was a shootout. Yeah. It kind of tailed off at the end, but yeah. Yeah. We're in the ballpark. I think we're getting better at this. And I think, so we've got the exact opposite type of game this week. New York Giants, Washington football team. Sorry. 
Washington football team Thursday night just uh, oof, not not nearly as fun as week one. No, 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 no. no. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna continue with that. Say it's a complete stinker. Washington football team wins thirteen to six. Yeah, I like that. Washington will win. Um, I'm gonna say that it is. I'm gonna say seventeen ten. Okay. So for my score, I would say that Antonia gets the touchdown. What's your What's your little kind of game? Game rundown for seven. I'm going to say that Antonio gets two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and who scores and, for the uh, Giants? Daniel Daniel Jones is going to get a rushing touchdown. Ooh, like a 70 yarder? <laughs> yeah, so either like a super long one or like a 11 yarder or something yeah. weird. All right. Well, that's it, folks. I mean, got to watch it because it's football, but buckle in for just a, you know, a sleepy kind of ride. But sometimes that's that's okay. Yeah, sometimes that's okay with uh, the Thursday the Thursday night games, uh, and then we go into Sunday really hoping for some bangers. Yeah, you get the stinker out of the way. Sometimes not a bad not a bad idea. All right, well, Shneek, thanks again for all your great insight this week. We will see everyone next week and take us out. Yes, what a wonderful week one! Thank you all for listening. We love you all. We appreciate you all. Uh, and we love to uh, just uh, judge everything that you do in your entire lives. But here comes week two. This is fantasy football. This is dynasty. This is everything that we live for. And bye. Bye. Two Bills, two Texans running backs on my team? Kill me.